Welcome to The Racing Mentor with Jess Shanahan, a brand new podcast that will help you fund your racing career and reach new heights. Hello ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me today on The Racing Mentor podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here. Today I'm going to be speaking to Chris Dawes, who is a motorsport commentator and also runs Open Doors Training, which offers media training to sports people, including racing drivers, so it's really relevant to you. We're going to be speaking about the best ways for you to engage with your audience, the media, and also sponsors, and how to get over those nerves that come with speaking in front of a large group of people or going into a room full of people you don't know. We've all been there, we all know how it feels, and nerves are normal. Before we speak to him, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an insight into something that I've been working on. I am in the process of setting up something called the Sponsorship Bootcamp, and it's an email course and it will be completely free. At the moment, I'm just putting the lessons together and a load of tasks for you, but this course is really exciting because at the end of it, you could get some real sponsorship. Not only will it teach you to research companies, pitch to them and follow up, but the tasks will have you pitching to a real company. And if you do well, and if you really have something to offer and you've really thought about it, then there could be all sorts of sponsorship opportunities at the end of it. For now, let's hand over to Chris, who is going to first tell you a bit more about his history and his career, but also get on to those tips for engaging with your audience and being a more confident speaker. So stick around for that. As always, if you have any feedback after this episode, just contact me on jess at racingmentor.com. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jess. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. First off, I just wanted to ask you to tell the listeners a little bit about your career so far. Where did it start? Uh, well, to be honest, I still sit in the uh, the pinch myself that I get paid to go and talk about motor racing uh, as a commentator because it, it it's kind of almost the flip side of that where it started, where back at university, uh, unfortunately, I'm sad to say I graduated in 2000, I can't believe that, 17 years ago now, um, that we had to give presentations regularly, both individual and group presentations, and I used to be basically paralyzed by fear of having to stand up and give these presentations uh but i i knew that i had to find a way to overcome that otherwise i wasn't getting a degree and so i just thought it through in my head got myself to put things back into perspective over time obviously um and and find a way to get back in control of those nerves not get rid of them but control them then focus on the delivery and fortunately, I managed to get myself a degree. And But then when I came out, I went into business, in particular into sales. And suddenly I was having to present to rooms full of directors and managers and the like and training other sales teams to give presentations. But it was a new set of fears that I had to sort of go back inside myself again and find ways to deal with it, to, to rationalize it uh, and control it. And managed to do it again thankfully and been doing that since the year since I graduated in 2000 and then all of a sudden five five years ago six years ago 
a very discreet advert came up for my local circuit, Castle Coombe, where I've, I've been watching racing since I was five years old with my dad. Basically saying, we're, we're interested to see if anybody local thinks they've got what it takes to become part of the commentary team. And I'll be honest and say, I nearly didn't go for it because I came back and showed the advert to my wife going, look at this, how cool is this? And she said, well, are you going to go for it? And I'll be honest and say, my reaction was, well, that that's a job that other people get to do, not me, which I'm sure a lot of racing drivers uh, think the sort of similar thing at times. But she put it to me. She said, what's worse? You go for it and don't get it or you go for it. Uh, sorry, you don't go for it. And we're sat up at Quarry Corner or whatever, listening to a new commentator, wondering, I wonder if I could have been successful if I'd applied for that. And I've got a golden rule, never have a what if. So I went for it. And lo and behold, I got the opportunity that going into my fifth professional year this year sees me commentating on, oh, crikey, 40 odd days worth of commentating at Castle Coombe, Brands Hatch, Silverstone, Donington, Oldham Park, you name it, here, there and everywhere. I've travelled Europe doing it as well. So it, it's kind of taken off beyond my wildest dreams is the honest answer. That's amazing. I love that. Um, don't ever have what ifs. I live by that too. So I, I know that and that's great. And I think a lot of people can learn something from that, especially racing drivers who think that maybe they're, they want to do this thing, but are they talented enough? Uh, you know, can they get past the competition? You, you don't know until you try. No, absolutely. I mean, you, you should never be sat on a swing on a porch with your grandkids or great grandkids or whatever, telling them that you, you always wanted to do this and you'd always wondered whether you could have been successful at that. You've got to give it a go. Yes, definitely. And um, al alongside the commentary, you do kind of events and things as well. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. I mean, all as a result of the uh, exposure, really, I guess, from the, the, the commentating is that uh, I host awards nights for, say, championships and things like that, I and lifestyle events, um, action days. I do voiceover work, whether that's from the mundane, like a health and safety video through to a short film or, uh, or an animation. The, uh, the, the, the mundane to the weird and wonderful and crazy, to be honest with you. So it's, uh, it's a whole raft of things that it's just by mastering the, uh, the nerves, mastering the skill sets to be able to use my voice in one way or another has opened up so many doors for me. So that so essentially you've gone from someone who when studying was quite nervous to get up in front of other people and now that's an that's, understatement. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's what you do for a living. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to kind of go on to what it takes to kind of get over those fears but obviously that led you to set up this company Open Doors Training to kind of help people through this to give them public speaking training and also media training for racing drivers as well. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the, the open doors training, obviously it's a play on my surname because it is D-A-W-E-S. But basically I did genuinely inadvertently say it a second ago and because it was the motivation for the name is that it was unbelievable the doors it opened for me. And uh, it, it's one of those skill sets that people shy away from due to fear primarily but if you can do it, it it really will open incredible amounts of doors in any life or professional environment that you're in. You might not know that what those doors are yet, 
but you've got to master the, the the skill sets and the confidence to be able to see what it can lead on to. I mean, it, this open doors training genuinely is is like a project of passion for mine because I'm so, I feel so blessed and so lucky to to get paid to do what I do now that I want to empower others. I, I found a way, not from um, uh, you know anything particular, but by thinking things through. And 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 I really want people to to think outside the box to reframe the fact that uh, nerves or excitement turned inside out in effect, and there's ways of turning them round again. I want to empower others in whatever their walk of life is to master public speaking, presenting, media skills, sponsor interaction, you name it, all of the above. So obviously the media training for racing drivers and for sports people, that obviously comes from your love of motorsport. Was there any kind of one point that made you go, okay, this is something that these drivers need? Well, I mean, obviously I get to uh, interview drivers week in, week out at circuits, uh, the length and breadth of the country. And and in fact, I would also add when I've gone over into Europe and you see these Euro- some of these young European drivers that English, English isn't even their first language. And yet they, they are, I, I think they get training as part of it. And to see the difference was quite significant. I, I think the reality is I've seen some incredible talent out there and as a racing fan thinking back to the likes of Mansell Mania at Silverstone 1992 being the most euphoric and incredible experience I've ever had in motor racing that so patriotic on that day that we all came together and I want to see more more of those it's not just for the drivers that they succeed it's for us as spectators as fans as commentators we want to see more of these drivers succeed but when I've interviewed a lot of them, and uh, it means I've encountered the good, the bad, and the ugly. Put yourself in whatever bracket you want, whoever's listening. <laughs> but uh, it they really sort of clam up and go into themselves. And using my experience of the other side of things, I've been able to look at it and go, I understand why they are. Because I had to overcome it myself. And then came back to this, I want to empower them. In fact, I would say that the media training was probably more of a catalyst for setting up open doors training than the professional public speaking side because it's something that means an awful lot to me empowering these talented drivers to remove a false ceiling to their potential career and the the kind of the one-on-one training and the stuff that you do for individuals is kind of one part of what you do within motorsport but you're also getting involved with the new z cars series aren't you Absolutely. And uh, that that's obviously uh, a good relationship I had already with uh, Gary Feekins of Gary Feekins Racing, who has uh, set this up along with MSVR. And he already had the confidence in me and he enjoyed being interviewed me because it helped him to really open up and it led us on to conversations about how important it is and why it's important to open up, not just to the media, but to sponsors, potential sponsors, fans, teams, etc. And he really grasped that. And when he then went to, uh, and set up this Z Cars series, that is basically two classes, BMW Z3s, BMW Z4s. The Z3 is probably for not just youngsters, although I would envisage to see quite a few of the youngsters starting there. Um, and then you progress to the Z4s. And it's designed to be a feeder series for GT racing, which we know is in absolute rude health at the moment. 
it's a good stepping stone. So as part of what they are offering, the drivers that join this series, is that they also get open doors training to help them with the, the way that they interact with the media and sponsors, etc. So it adds a little bit extra for them for the, uh, for the series itself is the idea. So in theory, we should be seeing a lot of really media savvy GT drivers appearing over the next few years. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. And, uh, you know, it, we, we get to see some that may actually be good in the media because they've managed to reframe that and they have a bit of a laugh with it. And, you know, my whole style when I'm interviewing is that make it clear that I've watched the racing and that I'm a fan and that I'm excited. I'm I'm emotional for them or with them, etc. And so quite often they can... Uh, they can react and, and relax and have fun and be good on the microphone when being interviewed. But suddenly if they go to, um, I don't know, a marquee or a hospitality room where they've got their sponsors have come for the weekend, they walk in and they suddenly go into their shell again because they've got this group of people they don't necessarily know this group of people are too shy to ask this gladiator that's been out on the circuit too much if they're being insular they want to be able to interact. They want to see the personality of that driver. I know that a lot of the drivers, uh, and by the way, this is, for, this is done with other sports as well, so I'm not just picking on drivers, but it's where my true passion lies. They feel that their talking could and should be on the track. And I understand the, the, the thinking and, and could probably agree with them, but in this day and age, Unfortunately, it doesn't stop there. The sponsors have a choice where their money is going to go. And if they don't get to interact and have fun with that driver on the weekend, then they could choose to take their money to someone else that they see has a great personality. That driver probably has a great personality, but they're keeping it inside themselves. And it's important to say that the media training that I offer, that we offer here at Open Doors Training, is not about suddenly turning, into, turning someone into something they're not it's about letting everybody into the real you rather than shutting it away. At, mo at most, you need to be yourself plus 10%, but it's still not changing who you are. I, I always use an example, Kimi Raikkonen. He says virtually nothing, but he says it with charisma and personality, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. So it is, it's, it's be yourself um, and, and give yourself that best opportunity. We talked earlier about that never have the what if. Never have a what if of if I'd interacted with those sponsors better, could I still be racing now? If I'd interacted in that meeting with those potential sponsors, could I still be racing now? Think about fans, interacting with fans at the circuit. In this day of social media, they suddenly are talking about you while you're asleep on social media. They're blasting photographs of you and your car with your sponsor's name emblazoned over it across social media while you're asleep. So to interact and make them really connect with you as a driver, you're just basically recruiting more marketing uh, teams. So in the, the way that you're working with Z Cars, um, I hear you're doing something similar potentially with Formula Academy? Absolutely. There's, there's no question that the intention is to do that. And it's looking really good uh, that Tony Lelia has, has been working so hard behind the scenes. And it's looking like it's on the cusp of releasing the, the calendar for this year under the uh, the, the Bark banner. Uh, and it will great, be great to see that a single seater stepping stone with uh, you know wings and slicks and everything that's uh, that's a little bit cheaper than some of the uh, the, the, the next steps up, if you will. 
And it would be great to see that work. And he has certainly uh, coined me in to be part of the team there to be able to provide again, particularly for the youngsters, not limited to media training, etc. to those guys. The idea about providing the complete package for them. I know that Tony's very strong about, and I know you are, Jess, as well, that it, it's not about suddenly doing all the sponsorship acquisition for all these drivers. They need to learn the work that they need to put in. And that includes me being involved uh, to, to help the way that they communicate with them. Definitely, definitely. So that's that's great to hear because I think it is so important in terms of what I do, obviously with the sponsorship stuff, but also teaching these drivers about kind of what it takes to communicate with people effectively, which is obviously what you're doing. Exactly. Absolutely right. So moving on a little bit, what skills specifically do you feel these drivers are lacking when it comes to being able to speak to the media, be it, you know, a local newspaper, on the television after a race or something else entirely? <laughs> there, there can, on some of the instances, it can be very much evaluating the driver in question. Um, because they might be different elements. A lot of it will be confidence. And what I try to do is, is, is help them to see things a slightly different way. That it, it is, it, it, we want to see the real them. We want to see the emotion. I have it when I interview them. I want to know how they felt when they went barreling into that first corner, three abreast. We're there thinking they went sort of like absolutely full of confidence. They were going to win no matter what. But we suddenly find out, no, I had my eyes closed because I was terrified, but there was nowhere for me to go. We want to hear that. We want to hear the truth, what really happened. Were they absolutely brimming with confidence and couldn't wait to, to get it moving? Or, you know, were they terrified? Were they uh, emotional because it meant something to them personally? All of those things. And so I want them to realize that people are not trying to trip them up. We genuinely want to hear what you have to say. I mean, if you consider the nerve element, they it, it's about how you perceive something and the, the feeling you get when you're incredibly nervous about something. Stomach butterflies, uh, hearts racing, your hands are clammy, your, your breath's probably short and sharp. Now think about the feelings you have when you're incredibly excited. Butterflies, clammy hands, heart rates going. It's exactly the same set of feelings, but we are in control of whether we put a positive or negative slant on it. Think about these drivers. They've already turned one of those round in their mind. The idea to me of barreling towards Paddock Hill Bend at Brands Hatch at 100-odd mile an hour, breaking down with 30, 20-odd, 30-odd cars around me, scares the hell out of me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds terrifying. But these guys and girls in the racing cars, they live for it. They can't wait for the next opportunity to be out there. Yes, they're sat in their car with their heart rate going. They're, they've got butterflies in their stomach. But they live for that every weekend. They'd do it every weekend if they could because they've turned around the way that they are viewing it. The same as these, in my view, nutters that jump out of planes or leap off of mountains on mountain bikes or, or whatever else. 
That's because they've turned it round. It's their drug, if you will, is that adrenaline. And that's all the nerves are. So if we turn around and put the nerves in perspective and realize there's another way of thinking about it and address the importance of it, I think that's critical here, is for people to actually uh, understand, no, I can't just jump in the car and be really good on the racetrack. There is a reason why I need to interact with this uh, circuit TV radio interviewer, uh, with this room of sponsors with these fans that have just walked into my garage with the team that's around me or the team that's in the garage next door that could be my employer next year if i was really lucky understand the reasons for it motivate yourself to get out there and just push yourself to to see it a different way and interact with as many people as you possibly can so uh, moving on kind of from uh, that that media side and the and the speaking to people say at, at racetracks um what role does public speaking play in the job of a racing driver beyond that so say at sponsor events or working as an instructor for video content that kind of thing well i do you know what i think the easiest way you're able to see this is if you cast your mind just to social media alone and you've got some drivers that have really grabbed the bull by the horns here and they put out good content, engaging content regularly, not just begging bowl words, but they'll invite you into their world. They'll, they'll do live, live videos on social media of them in the garage testing the car, the launch of their new car. Uh, the, in fact, even when they team up with new sponsors, they suddenly launch a, a, not just a written piece, but maybe a video piece. Those that do it in such a dynamic way are the ones that stick in our mind. Well, that says enough to me that says that's what you need to do. You need to be able to create a presence. And that's the reality. As a fan, as a sponsor, as a commentator, we want to be welcomed into their world because I, I don't know about you, Jess, but to me, I put them on a pedestal. I find it so exciting what that they go out and do. I'm so in awe of their skills, their fearlessness, their talent is just mind-blowing at times and it is so entertaining to watch racing uh, and so by enabling the uh, us all to sort of have a piece of their world by you explaining it to us sharing it with us verbally on videos in person whatever it might be and think about it a sponsor is not just about blasting their name over everything because I don't think it's a case of you spend £100, you'll get £200 back. I think that's rarely the case. They're about enjoying the weekend. They're getting to the side of a race weekend that a spectator doesn't normally get to. But if they get there and they don't have a driver to interact with, they're kind of going to be left a little empty. I completely agree, especially on the side of, you know, these racing drivers are fearless and I want to be involved in everything they do and see what they're doing from testing and car launches to the racing as well. I'm I'm the kind of person who's been putting off a track day for ages because I'm just a little bit nervous about it all. <laughs> um, so I look at racing drivers and I'm like, wow, you can drive really fast and you're really brave. So, um, yeah, I, I and so many other motorsport fans really look up to these drivers. But... And I can compare because I've been out in an aerial atom around the Top Gear track. On Monday, I can't wait. I'm going to Silverstone to drive a Radical. 
And if anyone dared to time me, I'd embarrass myself. I have no question about it, which is what puts in perspective. And and no matter how much you try to analyze, what are they doing different that I can't? Or even when you've got a variety of drivers at a race weekend, the cream rises to the top and you look at it and think, well, what are they doing so different to the others? And you can't easily put your finger on it. So they are absolute gladiators. Yeah, I, I've done a small bit of on-track driving, but I figure if I don't do any more, then I can just pretend that I'm really good because none of it was timed. Um, but if I do an actual <laughs> track down, I time myself. I might be terrible and I don't want to find that out. No, <laughs> I, I had a horrible scenario where I did um, the racing school at Castle Coombe, which I also get to host that now, which is really good. Um, but when I actually went and did it myself... And I went out in, uh, amongst other things, the final thing was a Formula Ford. Yeah, even at six foot three and 18 stone, I could, I could fit into a Formula <laughs> Ford somehow. Um, my wife stood on uh, the last corner recording me with the video camera going past. And now I was out there. In my mind, I was flying. I was on the edge and I was going to have impressed everyone. And someone was going to be there and was going to sign me up to race. I then watched the video back. I could not believe how slowly the video was panning from right to left as I went past. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is that we, we need to leave this to the professional. <laughs> uh, well, to coin the Murray Walker phrase, which, uh, you know, in my uh, role, I funnily enough live by, those that can do it, those that can't talk about it. Yes, exactly. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any examples of drivers at any level who uh, do social media media and do that kind of fan interaction really well oh now you're testing me Pen you uh, on the spot, i'm sorry <laughs> it is totally um do you know what there, there's even drivers that still are fighting to uh, to make a success of it that do a, a, a really really good job of, of interacting uh adriano Medeiros is one that springs to mind does an awful lot um, a lot of the guys in the MG Car Club do some great stuff. Tom Halliwell, I think, does an awful lot of bits and pieces. Um, some of the Scottish contingent that are doing going great guns in uh, British GT at the moment. Um, you've got uh, Kieran Haggerty and uh, Adam Mackay. They they do some great stuff. And um, oh, I, I've got a, a mental block at the minute. Clayton Kingman is another one that I think really does go out of his way to do a lot of stuff on social media um, and is able to use that to, to get in front of people. He hasn't necessarily had the rub of the green yet, but he's putting himself in a position where he's given himself the best possible chance. Take it up to the top. I, t I take it to the top level of drivers. And the one that really does it that I really enjoy is uh, Ricardo. Daniel yes, Ricardo. definitely. And I love it. I absolutely love watching all of this stuff. And I frankly wait for it. And, and I just think that it makes us warm to him even more. I think because it's because of his social media um, that when uh, Mark Webber left F1, who was my previous favourite, I was like, okay, easy new favourite here. Just because he's so personable, he's so yeah. likeable. And obviously, well, I have met him very briefly on the streets of Texas. But um, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, but through his social media, I feel like I know him. And I think that's really important, no matter what level you're at as a racing driver. I, I, I agree, but let's not lose sight of the fact that if he wasn't then putting himself out there, we wouldn't know he was so personable. So coming back to why I think it's so important to let people see the real you 
it's no one can be a, a legend alone in a locked room. You, you've got to be out there and see it. And that's why I also use the example of Kimi Raikkonen is that when he is interviewed and he doesn't, he chooses not to say an awful lot. I, I don't quite know how he does it, but he just does it with so much personality. So if, if you are that kind, I mean, a lot of people dislike Lewis Hamilton. Now, all right, he's Marmite. You either love him or you hate him. I personally really like him. I'm a huge fan. And that's because I think he he puts himself out there no warts and all. So if someone chooses they don't like him, that's because they know him. They know what he's like. Well, fine. Then they've he's given them that opportunity. But he's still very marketable. Yes, totally agree. I, I have gone from one side of the Lewis Hamilton uh, you know, likableness to the other recently. I used to really hate him. He used to really bug me. I thought he was really whiny. But the more I see him on social media, the more I'm like, oh, he's so cool. He is. Yeah. And he's keeping it real. He's he's doing what, you know, who's to say we wouldn't um, do that? He's still got the element of the Lewis that he was before. Yeah. Which was a bit of a rogue <laughs> yeah certainly. so he's still that you know he's just a richer more fashionable um able to do things with his rogueness that he wasn't able to do before he was successful simple as that so i want to move on to some real kind of actionable advice for drivers who are thinking of doing talks um, as part of what they do for sponsors, but also who are just need a little bit of a push to go and talk to people when they're at racetracks. Um, so for those that want to do speaking as part of what they offer to sponsors, can you offer some quick tips on how to get over the worst of those nerves? Well, you know, amongst other things, without giving too much away from the course, obviously, but uh, it's... <laughs> That nervousness will last for a matter of seconds. It's the getting started that's the hardest thing. Now, what you need to understand is that they are not there to trip you up. They're not really there to even judge you. They are there to hear you, to understand you, to be welcomed in and, and, and see the other side of this gladiator racing driver. So take a deep breath. Smile. Just Sit, stand there for a minute, just deep breath, smile. That's the last minute of peace before you do it. And then start talking about the mutual interest, racing. What just happened there? What's about to happen? How delighted are you? How gutted are you? How um, uh, motivated are you for this afternoon, for tomorrow? Think about it. You are about to talk about you, your racing, your race weekend. Guess what? No one knows you better than you so you can't get it wrong just take a breath and welcome the people that you're in front of talk about it and don't be afraid if it needs be turn it around ask them a question first how's your day going are you having fun are you enjoying this bit a bit cold with the weather or whatever it might be get them speaking because as soon as they realize that you're interested in them they'll open up you've now been given the opportunity to have a two-way conversation Amazing. That's great advice. So what about for drivers who are going along to a sponsor event where they're, for example, they're going to be speaking in front of that sponsor's clients or suppliers or customers? 
Yeah. Um, as you know, a nice that that's great for a, for a sponsor to be able to have that to give that to their customers to have a racing driver on show. Yep. What advice would you give to any driver who is booked to do something like that for a sponsor? What would, advice would you give on structuring that kind of talk? Well, um, the, the same applies in terms of the, the dealing with it in that um, remember that the client, sorry, your sponsor has got their clients or partners or family or whatever it is along to this because they, they are excited at the idea of hearing from a racing driver. So you're not going into a cold room. You're into a room of fellow motorsport fans fellow motorsport intriguers that's probably not a word but you know maybe they're they're intrigued by it so to actually structure it is that know that what you're going to do is that you are going to either it's going to be a Q&A session which is easy then because it means that the interviewer is the one that's going to ask you questions to get you to open up and talk about you what you've done what you've got coming up or if it's a presentation that you have to start it it doesn't need to be excessively difficult in that uh, welcoming everybody there. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to to listen to this this boring uh, racing driver talking about his obsession. You know, put a little bit of humour. Just you know, just relax people down, um, and then you get to talk about yourself, your racing, and their involvement. How appreciative you are. Because that's what you're there for. So there's nothing that you're not suddenly needing to talk about the split of splitting of the uh, of the atom, uh, and hope that you know enough about it to get it right. It's about you. You cannot get it wrong. So, uh, do you have any final advice? Because we're kind of coming to the end of the time here. Do you have any final advice for drivers who are going out there looking for sponsorship? and want to sell uh, the way that they speak to the public to those sponsors? Well, I would actually turn it the other way round, is that the way that you speak to those sponsors is the way that's going to sell the scope for them supporting, partnering in your venture towards some level of presumably professional racing. So enjoy the opportunity feel excited that you now have got an audience with these people that have shown at least half an interest to agree to listening to you get excited about what you do because excitement is contagious so if you can get excited drag them along with you you've got more chance of them uh, partnering up with you and i think i i deliberately use the word partnering and I, I'd imagine you do as well, Jess. Is yeah, the I fact do. That it's, yeah, it, it, it needs to be seen that way. It's not about give us some money to go racing. Why? Why, why do I want to do that? It is a partnership. Help them to understand everything that you're going to bring to the table. And that's not just, oh, but your car, your name's going to be on my car and it's going to be uh, with this many people at the circuit, with this many people on camera. It's about the excitement that they can be part of, the being part of the action on the weekends, um, that you can do things with them, that you can have the same social responsibility to them. You know, if they're very heavily involved in charities, then so can you be, and you can give a, a, a public face to that. You know, identify what is going to make them tick and work with them on that. They then will be working with you on making you an even bigger success because that is to their advantage as well then. 
Thank you so much, Chris. I know that this is going to be helpful to so many drivers out there who are getting to that stage in their career where they're speaking to the press more, they're having to do sponsor events, that kind of thing, and they've been feeling a bit nervous about it. Um, you've also been really helpful to me as well in, in my endeavours of that involve speaking to people. I don't, I don't think you ever get to the stage where any kind of speaking event or anything like that comes without nerves. Correct. And, and that is exactly the same for me. And people are surprised by this is that no matter what I do, public speaking wise, I'm incredibly nervous as well. And that's the adrenaline that makes you perform. The same for any sports person. It's the adrenaline that makes you perform with us. When you're speaking, you need to have that adrenaline. It's just about keeping on perspective. And I live for that adrenaline of, of being so nervous. People say, no, nah, he's not nervous. I am. And that's another thing to remember is that most of the time, no one will know that you're nervous. It's on the inside. So please, you know, please do apologies if you're going to say this anyway, Jess. Have a look at opendoorstraining.co.uk. That's opendoors, D-A-W-E-S, training.co.uk. There's so many things that I hope will be helpful for, for so many people there. And I'm so passionate about helping as many people as possible to make it successful in this sport that we love. We want to support you. Uh, these successful drivers and, and i'm very very passionate about that which i'm sure has become rather obvious thank you very much chris thanks jess bye-bye cheers i hope that was helpful thank you as always for listening don't forget to go and subscribe to the racing mentor newsletter you can find all the details over at racingmentor.com those who are subscribed will be the first to hear about this new sponsorship course and all the other opportunities and exciting things that are going on. If you're not already part of it, then search on Facebook for the Racing Mentor Facebook community. It's a place for drivers and teams and myself to all discuss the ins and outs of sponsorship and there's always loads of extra advice on there plus it's a really easy place for you to ask your questions so yeah just search out racing mental community on facebook and i will get you added to the group thanks for listening bye bye